Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is a sales superstar, Ms. Shannon Ward. Thank you for joining us, Shannon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, Shannon, tell us about your business. What is it that you do? Sure. Thank you. Um, so, my company is called OnTrack Sales. And essentially, what I do is I help entrepreneurs and salespeople who have a dysfunctional relationship with sales to heal that relationship so that they can feel really good about selling and actually know what to do to successfully hear yeses from their ideal clients that they really want to work with. Oh, that is so necessary as somebody who does a lot of sales and and works with a lot of salespeople. Sales is a dirty word in most people's mind, and then they wonder why why their businesses are struggling. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I I call it the bait and switch. we're taught all our, our whole lives that salespeople are evil. And then the first thing that we're asked to do when we become entrepreneurs is go and sell. And, and, and if you've got a good product, a good service, and, 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 you're, and you're being honest and actually try to help people, that's not a bad thing. No. In fact, my tagline is sales is an act of love. Oh, and you totally got me there. And I, yeah, you're preaching to the choir, my dear. <laughs> awesome. And so what is your family situation, Tannen? So I have a husband and a son. My son is nine years old, and we live in on a mountain in Whistler, B.C. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I was actually just out at Vancouver again. I love the place. Mm, it's so beautiful this time of year, particularly. So thinking back to when you were a kid, when when did you first discover money and think that it was important and something you should probably start paying attention to? Yeah, I remember the exact moment. That's such a great question. Um, it was right when the automated, the ATMs, automated teller machines had sort of just came out like a couple of years before. And, uh, I remember I wanted something. And so I, and we were out. And so I said to my mom, you know, I want this thing. And she said, Oh, well, we don't have enough money for that. And I looked her in the eye and I said, well, go get some from the magic machine. <laughs> And so then she explained to me how it really works. But I have, it's a very distinct first memory about money, for sure, that it, there was a magic machine that just produced money. Yeah, and that's how a lot of kids look at it. They're like, why, why can't, or why can't you just put it on the plastic? Yeah. Because they, they, they don't understand what that actually means. And unfortunately, then they grow up to be adults and don't understand what that means. Right. Yeah, if you still believe in the magic money machine when you're an adult, there might be some problems. <laughs> so how did your mom explain it to you? 
she explained how she had to work in order for her to get paid and that when she got paid, she put the money in the bank and then the bank was the one that actually gave us the money that she had already deposited. So I don't know that I even understood it completely at that point. I really wanted to continue to just believe in the magic money machine, but well, that's way more fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a little disappointing. I have to say. Yeah, unfortunately, when we learn those things, it's one of those, oh, it's like, the true story isn't real? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> and and, and with, with, with your son being nine years old and stuff, like, they're very much at the inquisitive age and stuff. Like, what type of questions and things is, is he asking, and what are you noticing being a mom of a nine-year-old? Yes, yeah, this is a great question. He's he's really becoming much more aware of issues related to money and understanding, I think, how money works a bit better. So he still has a lot of, I think, those sort of wishes that I had at that age that whatever we want, we can just have because of, like you said, for him, it's the credit card, right? For him, he sees me use this magic card. And, um, you know, he now knows that, you know, what happens behind the scenes in order to make that happen. But I, I think he's still, it's like the tooth fairy. Like he just wants to believe in the magic of it still. So we're kind of in a place where he's not totally grown up enough to really want to know and embrace financial issues. Um, but, but there is the beginning foundations of that, I think. Well, what, what are some of the beginning things that you're noticing? That well, we've I mean, from the very beginning, we've been very clear with him about, you know, the money that comes in, um, that there are different uses for money. And so that there's, you know, you want to save some of the money, there's some that you can set aside for spending, and then you want to always put some aside for giving. And so that he is really um, taken and run with an interesting Thing that's been happening recently, which I don't really know, honestly, how to read is um, he really likes to give me money. So for instance, it was my birthday the other day, and he made me a card. And on the card, he had taped $2 and change from his spending. And he wanted me go to go out and buy something nice for myself. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. It was very sweet. Well, he's probably thinking about it. I, I, I don't know what it's like in your household, but most of the time, because my daughter is like, what in the world do you get a teenager? Because there's, it's so much fun that she gets money and, and things like that. And she loves it because then she can go out and get exactly what she wants. So she yeah. thinks, thinks that that's love. So your son's going, I want to make sure my mom gets exactly what she wants. So here she can go get it herself. Yeah, it was so sweet. And, you know, my husband brought up another point around it. You know, he said, this is one of the few things that he actually has to give right now. You know, he has some money. And so he wants to be able to give you something. And this is part of it, I think. And you you were saying, like, he's really into, like you said, the giving back and the charity. What are some of the charities that he gets excited about and supports? Um, We have a local charity called Whistler Animals Galore. And so given um, the fact that our community, there's a lot of transients in our community because there's people that come to work in the winter and then they leave. There's actually a lot of impact with animals being abandoned. Oh, that's uh, awful. Yeah, it's unfortunate that part. 
Um, but, uh, there's this organization called Whistler Animals Galore and they really do a lot of great work within the community to take care of the abandoned animals and rehome them and make sure that they have all of the care that they need. And so Cade has been, um, involved in that organization giving to that. And I would say that's his favorite because he likes to know that it goes to puppies and kittens. <laughs> so does he just support it financially or are there volunteer opportunities or anything for him to partake in? So he's done both. Um, definitely financially, like there was, and not this last year, but the year before, instead of asking for gifts for his birthday, he asked for contributions to this, this organization. And then he was able to go and give the money and go and see some of the, the pets and stuff. Um, and the cool thing about WEG, which is called, is you can actually go and walk dogs pretty much whenever you want. Um, and we don't own a pet right now, so that can happen as well, which is really cool. Hey, that way, you can, when you've got the time and the energy, you can go walk and, and get all the puppy loves and stuff all that you want, and then you don't have to worry about it the rest of the time. I like that idea. Right? It's like win-win for everybody, I figure. <laughs> well, and, and you said for, for his birthday, he asked for donations for this organization instead of presents? Yeah. He wanted to help the puppies and the kittens. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. Like, that's very, very generous. And, and when we were talking before, you're, you're saying, um, he, he, he's already a bit of a budding entrepreneur, isn't he? He is, yes. He started a snowboard company with his dad a couple of years ago. So what got that started with him? Like, so he would have been eight at the time. Yeah, or maybe even seven. I don't know. It's been, yeah, I think it's been two winters now, so two and a half years ago or so. Um, so the way that it all started was that he came to me um, and asked, basically he came to me and he was very excited. He said, Mom, I have this great idea for making money. And I said, okay, great. And he said, um, I've been, I've been making these cartoons. And so I've been drawing these cartoons and I want to go into the village. So the village is where all the tourists are in Whistler. I want to go into the village and sell these cartoons to people in the street. <laughs> and so as a parent, I didn't really know how to react to that because I wanted to foster his entrepreneurial spirit. But also I knew that that was not something that people were going to want to pay money for in Whistler Village. And so I said to him, you know what, it's great that you're looking for ideas to make money, but I wonder if there's a way that would be um, of higher value to people because, you know, you've only been doing this for a little while. And I tried to sort of uh, relay the fact that, you know, of value for what you're providing and, you know, understanding your clients and all sorts of sales things. Yeah, like he, he's learning from the best. So he, <laughs> he, he's definitely got to put up on most. So where we ended up was that his dad actually ended up saving the day because I was kind of floundering over the whole thing, honestly. And so his dad came over and he said, you know what, buddy, remember that snowboard that I made you. And so what happened was the year before my husband had made a snowboard for Cade that was specifically for um, powder boarding. And the issue with powder boarding for kids is that it's really tiring for their muscles. And so if you're on a regular board, you can only go for one or two runs as a kid and then you're just done for the day. And I don't know if you ski or snowboard, but powder is like the holy grail, right? When you're in powder, it's so amazing. So the parents want to go for the whole day if they can. Yeah. And so Brett, um, my husband, uh, decided to upcycle an old snowboard by cutting it down into a specific shape so that kids could ride powder, well, our kid particularly. And it worked amazingly well and he used it the whole season and it was fantastic. 
So Brett stepped in at this point and said, you know what, bud, what if we were to make more of those snowboards that we had made for you? Because I know there are other kids in Whistler that want to ride powder too. And we could see if we could sell some of those. And so that's when they started to do this sort of project together where they started upcycling old snowboards and then they'll sell them at some shows around Whistler here and then online as well. That's very, very good. I'm all for find a need and fill it. <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing is it's a very niche thing. Like there are not thousands of kids in the world that honestly need these boards, but there's enough that he sells a few a year. He makes some profit. And more importantly, we get to teach him all of the concepts of running a business, which has definitely been the biggest benefit of this whole thing. Oh, I'm pretty sure you probably find a few thousand around the world. But the question is, how far do you want to go to the effort to, to reach those people around the world? Yeah, well, and it takes a very skilled child to be able to ride powder in general. So seeking them out and finding them, other than where we live, right? Yeah. This is where most of them live, luckily. So <laughs> so what what are some of the business things that, that, that he in particular has learned or questions he's been asking going through this wonderful experience? Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's been great. There's been a couple of really great things. Um, one is teaching him about the marketing and sales process. So that's been super awesome. Like he created a website with his dad and was able to see how you create a website and all of that. Um, he's been able to make marketing materials. Um, he's been able to talk about the business to other people and figure out what works and what doesn't in terms of, you know, what messages resonate and what don't. And as a sales trainer, that just like warms my heart. Oh, I, I, I bet it's like hard for you to keep like the big grin off your face. Yeah. Or like crying out of joy, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so there's that. Um, and then uh, from a financial perspective, it's been really good as well because we gave him basically an investment so that he could cover his startup costs. And so in the first year, he didn't make any profit because he needed to pay us back. And it was a really good um, lesson, I think, that, you know, you put the hard work in and you might not see it back in profit right away because there are these expenses and you need to pay back your investors. But then the second year, it was different and he was actually able to make profit and put it towards some of the things he wanted. So it was great that way, too, I think. And, and how, how is he keep tr keeping track of like his profit and the paying back? Like what, what is he using to keep track of? Like, is it worth it for him financially to do this business? Um, well, he and his dad keep a spreadsheet going. Um, and the cool thing about where we live and the upcycling is actually the cost of getting those boards is typically under under $10 almost always and sometimes free like people throw them out and we just go and get them from the dump and then <laughs> and then cut them down um so you know from a cost of goods sold perspective there's actually a lot of margin there which is awesome so it's basically the time that goes into it um and so far he's just really been interested in working with his dad and figuring out how you cut the board and how you epoxy it and the craftsmanship part of it has been really interesting to him as well as like, he really liked building the website. And does he get excited about like, cause I, I, I know a few people that get, my daughter loves doing things like counting her money and, and, and figuring all of that stuff out. Does he get excited about seeing the numbers and, Oh, well, if I do this now, I'm actually profitable or anything like that. Or is he just more into the more technical aspect? I think he's more into the more technical aspects. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm waiting for the more interest, I think, in the financial side. Uh, 
he, yeah, he's sort of more interested in everything that goes into what needs to be done to run the business and do all of those things. So, but this year will be the third year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this season. Well, and, and, and I, and I love, love the business. Like you say, it's costing you next to nothing to get your raw materials and, and you're recycling them into something that somebody threw away and turning it into something that's, that's valuable and usable again. I love that. Well, and it's, I love that message too. I agree. Like, I love that part of this business technically has some sort of social impact in it, which is really fun as well. And that he's serving his friends is the other thing. Like, he's serving other kids, which I think he really loves too. And, and so what do his friends think of his little entrepreneurial venture? They, they really like it. Um, we've recently moved into apparel. So we've started to sell, um, hats online. And so we've had some great support within the community of people buying. So the brand is called Kapow. Um, So people buying Kapow hats and representing the brand around town, which is really cool. Um, And we have sponsored a couple of riders, which is fun, too. So there's some riders in town that are little kids, but they're really, really good. And so we give them some boards so that they can promote the brand. And they've absolutely loved the boards and have been representing the brand for the that was last year that that started to happen as well. And does your son have any other entrepreneurial ideas? Because usually kids at this age, like they have so many fabulous ideas. And the only problem is, how do I work on them all? Or which ones do I choose to work on? Right. Um, he has a few, though most of them don't stick. Uh, because I think Kapow is around most of the time, so we can funnel the energy back into that. And we, I mean, really, I think what it comes down to is he's so busy with all of the sports that we have him in otherwise that he just doesn't have a lot of time or energy outside of school and snowboarding and mountain biking to really do much more. <laughs> oh, no, I can fully under, uh, understand that. <laughs> so to to finish up here, if you were to make sure that your son understands three things about money so that when he moves out you and your husband feel that you've been successful as parents on this front what three things would you want your son to know the first is just a basic understanding i think of how um you know interest works and that sort of thing which is what we've been trying to instill in him with the business um how business works i guess would be a second one because I don't know about you, but I believe that entrepreneurship is by far the easiest, fastest way to get exactly what you want in this world. And I hope that he will follow in both my husband and my entrepreneurial footsteps to do that. Um, and I think the third thing is to understand that business can do good in the world and that it's actually a way for us to have impact in the world that is so incredibly powerful. Yeah. In a way that really speaks to him, you know, I don't really care if he goes to university or anything like that. I want him to be able to make the impact in the world that he is here to make in the exact way that he wants to. And I believe that entrepreneurship is the most direct way to do that. Oh, I have to say I'm, I'm in love because <laughs> I, I always teach that that business done, done properly is the most perfect form of art that there is. Because like you said, you can you can do exactly what you want and you can have such incredible and positive impact in the world. Like you can create jobs, you can you can solve problems, you can inspire people, you can give people freedom. All sorts of people that are unemployable are like the best entrepreneurs. And we need to teach our kids that a whole heck of a lot more because this 
work hard, go to university, go deep into student debt, and go try and find yourself a job that's still going to be there in five years just isn't working anymore. Exactly. It's completely antiquated. And I agree. I think adaptability is the number one skill that we can teach these kids to be successful in the future. And, and your son is very, very lucky to have, have you and your husband as the supportive and educating parents you are. Oh, thank you. Well, we do have a lot of fun with it. So that's what matters too, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. It was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit FinancialFun.ca.